I'm now just out of Biz News, and I'm speaking to Biz News founder Alec Hogg, who this morning was at the pre-budget lockup for Finance Minister Enoch Gorongwana's budget presentation. Alec, just before we get into the questions, what can you paint a picture for me? What does the lockup look like? What's the energy? Well, usually uh, there are two rooms that you go to. Yeah, well, there's actually three, three lots of people. They're the parliamentary reporters. So they will go to their own offices. They are in Parliament all the time. And then there are us who come in for the budget speech every year, and we then get divided in two. But this year, things were a little different because of the fire to the, uh, to the building. We, we had to change. We went to a different building this year to the one we're usually in. But then we all gathered again at uh, half past 11 for the press conference where you really get uh, some, some good insights. I managed to ask a, a couple of questions, which mm. uh, when you look around you, there must be probably 120, 130 people in the auditorium. So it's, you're quite lucky. I, I feel quite privileged to be able mm. to, to ask those questions. You can also go to Pretoria and go into a lockup at Pretoria, which a few people from, from our part of the world do. But I, I always find it better to be here in Cape Town. Uh, you just seem to be able to absorb the mood, the, uh, the engagement a lot better. And, you know, you, you, you also get to shake it. Well, not shake a few hands. Nowadays, mm. it's, what's it, the elbow, the elbow. Or the punch. Oh. Or <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> new it world. It was, yeah, awesome. it's, uh, I've been going to budgets for many years, and this one mm. was was quite marked, uh, quite different to uh, the whole mood. It was a lot more relaxed. Uh, usually what happens is you get into lockup. It used to be at 6 o'clock. Now it's at 7 o'clock. I got there a little after 7. I uh, had a mix-up with the Uber, but um, the documentation was only dropped off at about half past 7. Uh, then I only got the speech, or we only got the speech, uh, at about 1 o'clock. So uh, I had to... <laughs> spend a bit of time reading this baby but it is fantastic it's it's wonderful to go through the work that the department mm. of finance have done because it's a, it's an incredible document actually we i'm not surprised that south africa has such a high rating uh on the transparency of its budget because these guys that they, they they must have a, a substantial team that puts it together and every year it's really world class and you wrote in an article that i really would suggest everyone reads um Relax, South Africa. You said that after the presser, Godongwana came to you, he put his hand on your arm and he said, I'm relaxed, the ship is turning around. What's your experience with him? Yeah, he's, he's quite a different character. You must remember, Nadia, because I've been doing this work for a long mm. time, uh, I knew Trevor Manuel and Tito Mbaweni before they were famous. When mm. they uh, went to Davos, we were in Davos together in 1993, and they were really, I suppose, from a political perspective, very wet behind the ears. Um, and they were very excited about how they could fix South Africa, what they could do, and, uh, and, and to cut out the wastage. And they were very optimistic. And so it sh they should have been, because if you just terminated a, a border war that the country was fighting and the economic sanctions and the debt standstill, there were all kinds of reasons why there should have been a rebound. So I think that having had that experience with, in particular, those two gents, uh, knowing them, I think the, the first time for both of them on the SABC was 
coming through when, when I was working there. So having had that, that background, I, I had a, an affinity for uh, what they were saying. I think I was <laughs> well disposed towards him. I think I understood them better. Now, Enoch Godondwana, I don't know at all. Uh, he's, he's a, uh, I've only met him literally at the budget, uh, the medium term budget last uh, November, <laughs> when he was a bit nervous. He was worried. <laughs> it was his first time out. He was in the press conference room before the media came in, which is uh, a great credit to him, because in the days of uh, Malusi Gugaba, uh, for instance, you could you could wait half an hour before these guys deigned to to uh, to share their presence with you, and then they just spoke a lot of rubbish. Um, whereas I, I'm impressed with Goran Guana. He's got a, a an understanding of the ANC history. Um, he was, for instance, quoting. Uh, what the ANC had decided in 1992 uh, at today's uh, press conference. And he, he, he unpacks things really well. Uh, what I like about his approach is it's also, uh, it, it's, it's sensible and it's, it's not flamboyant, although he does wear a hat. So he's, he's <laughs> quite a flamboyant looking character. But uh, in, in, his, in his discussions, he's conservative. And that's what you want. You don't want mm. your accountant or your financial director of a company, or indeed in this case, a country, to be somebody who's uh, maybe out there. You want somebody who's conservative and and measured. And although he's got a wonderful sense of humor uh, and he's he's very relaxed, <laughs> he's uh, you know. It, it, I, I was waiting as we finished, mm. um, and uh, he came along and he he literally just took me by the arms. Sat, uh, stood next to me and he just looked at me and he chatted a little bit and said, you know, I'm very relaxed. I'm very relaxed. This, bo this boat is turning. And you can see it. The numbers are there. Look, we've had a huge uh, injection. Uh, 182, yeah, 182 billion, billion rand windfall. Completely. Mm. Came from nowhere. Uh, it wasn't expected a year ago. Uh, mm -hmm. A year ago, they, it's like anybody doing a budget. Uh, mm. they, the budget was drawn up. Uh, mm -hmm. in February last year, under the circumstances that then prevailed. The good thing is it was done conservatively. Again, you want an accountant or a financial director or a finance minister to be conservative, not to be excessive, uh, not, not to, be, to, to be guessing. And in this case, that conservatism uh, really paid off because there was a, more than $100 billion that was earned by uh, extra in company income tax, and a lot of that was from the mines. But a, a lot mm. of the others were from export uh, companies who a year ago, you recall, we were still in the middle of COVID. Uh, we mm. were still unsure where the world was going. And having this windfall at a time when things were looking pretty bleak is very, very good uh, for, the, for the psyche, for the nat national mood mm. it should be. And it certainly is very good for the mood of the finance minister who says... Uh, you know, I can imagine. Relaxed. But we would like to believe and have some form of you know, trust that this money is going to be well spent. And one of the questions that you posed to the minister was if they can sort of quantify where this money is going to go. Were you satisfied with their answer? I was satisfied. Uh, the Director General of Finance, uh, Don Domakung, 
Mogondwani is a he's a class act. He's also he's growing into the job. It was interesting as well. It's almost it's it's quite a new team. Sure, you got Edward mm-hmm. Kiswetta from SARS, and you've got Lesetje Chanyaho from uh, from the Reserve Bank, but the rest of them are fairly new, including mm-hmm. the Deputy Finance Minister David Masondo, who. In the last, in the medium-term budget, I don't think he said a word. He was very mm. quiet. This time, he he found his voice, and he was mm. uh, he. I, I've heard uh, lots of reports that he's a he's a top guy when he was the Gauteng Premier, but uh, I saw that on display today. He certainly got a grasp of what Treasury is about. So if Godongwana went on to bigger and better things, or indeed just decided to step out of the way. Uh, there's a very, very useful deputy sitting there, and we could see that today. So I was happy with the response that came back from the Director General of, of Finance. Uh, as he says, South Africa has one of the highest ratings on the transparency of the budgeting mm-hmm. process. Uh, they, there was no, they didn't try and, and, and fudge anything. They didn't try any fake news, which we've mm. been used to in, in the past on these budget <laughs> things. You know, mm. something like like fiscal drag. And wh- what that is, is when inflation pushes everybody, say inflation's 4.5%, mm. it pushes everybody into a higher tax bracket because you get inflation-adjusted increases every year, or most people who earn salaries mm. do. Now, that means that you're going to pay more tax because we have a progressive tax system. And the amount involved is substantial. Now, if you, if you just leave the tax uh, tables as they are, if you don't make any adjustments then it is an effective increase for the country in income of 13.5 billion rand. So what needs to be done, if you're being honest and you're being Mm. fair, is to reduce the tax uh, tables every year so that you take care of this inflationary increase. And they did that, but with no fanfare. No, uh, You had to look through the notes to find it. It, Mm. It wasn't, and I've seen in the past that uh, when this has happened, there's been fanfare, or sometimes it just hasn't happened. Mm. So there's been a 13.5 billion, say, improvement in revenue, automatic improvement in revenue, which just wasn't even discussed. So there's a, I, I like the transparency. I like just like mm. the way they're operating. But it's, it's very similar humility. to humility. It's a very similar to what Sir Maposa is saying as well, and and that mm-hmm. that that line is consistent. Now whether it's it's it, it can be implemented through the party. Uh, is a, a whole different conversation. But mm. like with the, the public w- sector wage agreement where mm. uh, there's going to be meetings between the finance minister and treasury guys with organized labor towards the end of next month, mm. he didn't come in saying, we're going to do this, or we're going to do that. He just said, uh, you know, there was no fancy footwork there. Enoch uh, mm. uh, Gordon-Dwana said, we think that like any other employer, we should get value for money and what we can afford. And we need to restructure the wage agreements, which have been very, or the, the, the wage structure in the public sector, which has been the same for a long, long time, in a way that the cash cost to us is what we can afford. And it's, it's things like that, that that make you pretty hopeful. But look, overriding all of this, $182 billion in revenue more than anticipated that covers a lot of cracks and in mm. effect if you wanted to get a similar result you would have had to increase VAT by 6% so all other things being equal it gives mm. you a, an idea of the, mm. of, of the scale of it everything else being equal uh, if you wanted to get to this financial result in revenue 
uh, from last year, and there were no, there was no commodity boom, there was no increase in corporate taxes or VAT, or the economy didn't do better than you expected. Mm. To get this, you would have had to increase VAT by six percent, and then hope that you still had the same mm. collections proportionately. And you made the point that it's not unrealistic to imagine that it could happen again. We could yeah, have a similar my, windfall. My question uh, to the finance minister, in fact, to the whole group of treasury mm. guys there, is something that I think most South Africans would like to know. We've spent billions on the Zondo Commission. We've had mm. uh, statements about the country being ripped off pick a number, one trillion, two trillion rands. And there were facilitators in all of this. Sure, the Guptas mm. are sitting at, in Dubai, yeah. and hopefully the extradition treatments uh, or agreements will be effected and they will mm. come back to South Africa. But how much money they've got, I guess, we will only find out there. Mm. But there are some very, very wealthy organizations that facilitated all of mm. this. Uh, we've been doing a lot on Biz News recently about Bain, uh, McKinsey. McKinsey came to South Africa. The first job that the managing partner, who, by the way, is no longer the managing partner there, okay. uh, Kevin Sneeder, when he came to South Africa immediately after he was appointed, he said, no, we'll pay back the money. But as the Treasury guys were saying today, paying back the money is, is not what it's about. Mm. Uh, we, want, we want retribution. We mm. want to see uh, the, the damage that you've done to mm. this economy uh, to you need to pay up for that. Don't just think you can take your fee for doing uh, yeah. nefarious work and then mm. think you can walk away. And I love that because up until now, we haven't heard that kind of language. As mm. a public, we've looked here, we said, goodness, we're paying all this money to, to discover these things, but mm. what's going to happen next? Now that all the cards are on the table, mm. uh, I'm expecting that there's going to be some very, very hefty uh, payments made by international companies, or they will simply just not have access to South Africa in the future. And that's, that's a, a, a big stick. It doesn't mean that you know, we're not mm. the be-all and end-all of the world. But if South Africa is terminating your services, you can be sure that we've got enough friends around the world who would do something similar. So these mm. uh, financial and, and professional firms and consultancies mm. uh, who are well-known, who Fine have been, been mm. effecting uh, state capture, are, are in, the, in the sights. And we know the president is going to be saying what he's going to be doing by the end of mm. June. But the guys at Treasury, uh, you could hear from their responses, they're itching. They're itching mm. to get Commissioner Kieswetter specifically, companies. he jumped in and asked you, um, or no, sorry, he jumped in and answered, and I mean, he gave stats and figures about what they've been doing, the sort of um, work behind the scenes. A lot's going on behind the scenes. Do you think he's on top of things? Yeah, a lot's going on behind the scenes now, mm. and I think that's where we get impatient, we, mm. we want to... We want the guys in jail now. We want, we want the billions to be paid, tens yeah. of billions, let alone billions. Mm. And uh, certainly Edward Kisweta, uh, he, he was at SARS uh, mm. in the glory days when he was mm. number two to Pravin Gordon. Now he's running the place. He knows exactly what needs to be done. He knows mm. exactly what has been done. And he is in the process of turning that around. And, well, uh, I wouldn't like to be in Bain's shoes right now. Reckoning is coming. Well, more than After that, all this they time. should be fessing up. They should be mm. talking to the South African government and saying, okay, we know we made, we, we, we did terrible things uh, by hollowing out your revenue collection service and allowing the crooks to come in. So 
we need to compensate you. Here is, let's start mm. negotiating. But instead of that, they're just denying. They're denying that they did anything mm. wrong, which is absolutely absurd, given that there's been a commission of inquiry. It's taken four years to put together. And the judge, the, the acting chief justice of South Africa, has he, he's had his say. And his say, his statement is, Bain, you are implicated deeply. Uh, you need to be uh, held accountable. And mm. what, what I got today on that subject from the Treasury team was that these uh, international firms are going to be held accountable. And that hints the point. Yes, there could be another big windfall coming into the country's coffers. We've had a, a good increase from commodity prices. They've been conservatively projected for the year ahead. But if commodity mm. prices stay where they are, that'll also be another windfall. And then add on to that uh, the proceeds of crime that will be uh, given back to this country. It, it could be another big windfall. People are wondering about ESCOM. What is the government going to do there? Are there strategies in place? Yeah, I, there were a, a, quite a lot of good things there. I, um, I think once again, uh, the finance minister reiterated what he said at the mini-budget, which is we were trying to fix ESCOM instead of trying to fix the supply of electricity into South Africa. So uh, that's now very much government policy. Uh, you saw it in the State of the Nation mm. where uh, the president actually gave a long list of of uh, uh, stuff that was coming into um, new new supply that is coming into uh, the South African equation. So that's good news on the on the one hand. Uh, mm-hmm. And what uh, the finance minister said, which is also very good news if we think about it in context, this is the first year in a many many years where there's been no allocation to bail out state-owned enterprises. <laughs> So that was all part of the whole Zuma era where Mm. state-owned enterprises were just stealing. There were wonderful places for the crooks to continue stealing from the public and they were inefficiently run, so they needed to be bailed out. That's now come to an end and there's no allocation in this budget for a state-owned enterprise. Uh, He's he's been talking about tough love uh, in in November. He said the same thing and that's exactly Mm. where we are on that side. And the second thing is that He's also said, now this is very unusual when you are uh, talking about a, a political party with the ideology that, that we understand of the ANC. He said, no, Eskom have got to help themselves. They've got to sell assets. They've got to start uh, reducing their debt by offloading assets mm. that they hold at the moment. Uh, it's, it's different language. But we saw that mm. in the, in the uh, State of the Nation as well, mm. that there is a completely different approach that's being followed. It's one of... Um, promoting the, the, well, protecting the tax base in the first place because it, South Africa's tax base is incredibly small. It's only, what, 130,000 people who pay 27% of personal income tax. And everybody, every one of those who emigrates is a big drain on the rest of us. Um, but on the other hand as well, there were, there were only two tax rebates. Now remember, they got, got in $182 billion more, mm. only $5 billion of that was allocated for tax incentives or for, for tax breaks. Uh, and mm. it's, it's, it's a drop in the ocean. And half of that roughly is going to increase the employment allowance. So if you as a company are employing somebody, a young person, you can get, now you can, you can uh, kick back uh, or you can, you can take back one and a half thousand rand a month, which is a 50% from the initial one. So it's, again, it's, it's, let's get the jobs going. You said in the beginning that Gordon Gwana actually quoted a 1992 
mission of the ANC. What was that? Yeah, he was just talking about how we were ready to govern. It's a it's a document he said that the ANC compiled back in 1992, and he said they haven't they haven't deviated from that. And the context he was using was a question about the IMF and the World Bank and the loans that are uh, being granted by them to South Africa at the moment, mostly to help uh, move along uh, from from dirty. Uh, dirty production to clean production, especially in, in electricity and so on. And mm. he said back then, uh, the view of the ANC always was, yes, we will work with multi multilateral organizations, but we will not uh, put the country's sovereignty at risk. We, we want to be an independent country because too often countries can fall into conditionality agreements with these, uh, with IMF and World Bank, and then they lose their independence. They have to just follow what these bureaucrats in Washington tell them to do. And so he was just using that as an example. But I, I, I like the fact that he has got this deep, deep history, hard boiled in the ANC, and uh, this deep history of, of, uh, of where, where the ruling party is coming from. And I think, you know, just to close off with the, the other thing that, that was impressive was remember the ANC got a hiding in the November local elections, elections mm. but there wasn't vote catching, well, certainly not as much vote catching uh, uh, proposals in this budget as you might have expected. Okay, maybe mm. we're going to see it next year or even in, in 2024, but uh, it, it could have been, uh, you would think of many other mm. governments around the world, if they'd got such a drubbing that they would have just spent money to mm. try and retain power, and yet this budget was was conservatively framed. You've got to give them credit for that.